1: Happy Wednesday everyone. I am so excited for the show today because as you all know in recent weeks everybody's been like the number one thing you can do is hire a coach. Today I have the coach of all coaches. Scott Duffy is my guest. He's the founder of SD Media Holdings and partner at S1 Media. He began his career working for best-selling author and speaker Tony Robbins and went on to work for several small businesses that became big media brands like CBS Sportsline, NBC Internet, and FoxSports.com. Next, he founded Smart Charter, an online booking tool for private aviation, which was acquired by none other than Richard Branson's Virgin Group. Today, Scott is a champion for entrepreneurship. He has been listed as a top 10 keynote speaker by entrepreneur. He's spoken at the New York Stock Exchange, and provided commentary in numerous media outlets, including CNBC, Fox News, and CBS Radio. He's the co-host of Business and Burgers Yum, and best-selling author of Breakthrough, a roadmap of building great companies, which is what we're talking about today. Scott, welcome to the show.
2: I just want to hear you say yum again.
1: Uh, yum. <laughs> <laughs> well we had burgers with business i mean my two favorite things
2: (laughs) yes yeah for sure for sure it's great to be here
1: Uh, i'm so happy that you took the time i know that you have worked with some of the legendaries like as we said richard branson tony robbins i would love to know how you got your start
2: oh my gosh well so i'm a southern california guy i grew up in los angeles and I went to college down in San Diego at the University of San Diego. And I was one of those people that just totally you know, loved the college experience. I, I started my first company when I was 18, a freshman in college, and we were a student painting business. And, and what that meant is we hired um, uh, undergraduate and graduate students to go and paint, paint houses in the summertime. And I played you know, college sports, I did the whole fraternity thing, and I really was having the time of my life until everything changed for me in a heartbeat. Because you see, when I went to school at USD, we had this tradition, and it was after our midterm exams, everybody would pile in their cars, and we'd head south. We'd head south for nine hours down to uh, an area called San Felipe, Mexico, and we would just like celebrate and party it up for a couple of days. And... In my third year, my junior year of college, I just happened to be, you know, I finished my test early and um, was, was one of the first cars down. And, um, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know, Devin, if you've ever been down to, to Baja, California, but um, if you can picture this, um, you know, these old roads where, you know, you have one lane in each direction and then just desert as far as you can see. And for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, there's a rise in these roads and then off the side, they just drop. And then again, desert, as far as you can see. So we're cruising down to, to our campsite and we're going about 90 miles an hour. And a truck, a garbage truck had gone off the side of the road and wanted to gun it back up. And he didn't see us and we didn't see him. And we, we smacked into this guy at like 90 miles an hour. Oh my God. And it was the worst day of my life. And the question I have for people is this the question I have is how many times in your life have you been going down a road? Maybe having the time in your life, maybe doing everything right. Maybe in a business what that meant is that, you know, you had the right idea and you had the right plan. You put the perfect team in place and you executed flawlessly. And then something came and it's like, bam, it knocked you off course. It could have been the economy. It could have been an illness. It could have been something with your health. And everything you did up to that point, everything, you know, you, 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 you had to throw out. You had to start over. And that's really what happened to me. You see, when I got in the accident, I thought that was the worst day of my life. I, I had two brain hemorrhages. I, I was knocked out for hours. The people, and I was a lucky person in the car. Oh, uh, my God. And, you know, and, and I thought that was the worst day. But getting better was actually even harder. You see, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't do anything. I had to drop out of school. And I literally just laid there in bed all day, every day while I was recovering from my head injuries. But what happened was what changed my life. What happened is one day, one of my roommates came in and he said to me, he said, my dad thinks you should listen to this as long as you're laying around. And you know what it was? It was a motivational book on tape. And it was, it was from a guy named Dennis Whateley. And so I put it in and I started listening to these motivational tapes all day, every single day. It was, all I, it was all I could do. And I didn't even know how much I actually heard, especially at the beginning because my head hurt so much. But it uh. sank in. And, and the more I listened to this one tape, then my other roommates started to bring in tapes. And then this and that. And before you knew that, I had a library. And I was listening to people like Tony Robbins and Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and others who inspired me. And as I got better, I made this commitment to myself. And the commitment was, hey, Scott, when you get better, let's go back to school and go work for one of these people as an intern, one of these people that I thought inspired me to get well. And the first person I applied to work for as an intern was Tony Robbins. And instead of offering me an internship, I got offered this really cool job to represent him and to promote him, to sell for him all across the U.S. and Canada. And I was a young guy. I was 20 years old and he was 30. Like, this is a long time ago, right? Wow. (laughs) Wow. And so I went and I left school. I never graduated from college. I went to work for Tony Robbins. And, and it's really interesting because like a year later, I was, um, we were at an event in Seattle and I was sitting next to him at lunch during this event. And I said, Tony, I said, you know, you may not remember how it is that I got here to you. I said, I was one of those people, man. I was jamming. I was cruising. I was having the time of my life. And then boom, this thing happened and everything changed in a heartbeat. I said, but what's crazy is what happened to me is I picked up this habit and this habit completely changed the direction, the course of my life. And part of what it did is it put me around you and all of these people around us. And it helped to reshape my sense of possibility. And I said, and, and he puts up his hand and boy, he has big hands. <laughs> he goes, Scott, I always want you to remember this in life and in business. You have good days and you have bad days. But you don't know which is which until sometime way down the line. Because you don't know what you're going to make of the experience. And in my life and in my business, I found that to be so true.
1: Hmm. Wow. I mean, totally amazing. It's funny because I don't think you know this, but I had a traumatic brain injury a few years ago and was told that I'd never work again. And that, yeah, wow. And, um, you know, I also speak and like some neurologist handed me four prescriptions and told me to numb my brain. And I was like, what? And, um, for how long? And she's like, at least two years. And, and she's like, if you don't, you're going to get depressed. I'm like, this conversation right here is what's depressing me. (laughs) And, um, and long story short, like I found neurofeedback and I found all this stuff. And I, I like have been speaking again and obviously I'm on the radio again and all of that. So I think that's. It is amazing how, you know, we get these things. People give us bad advice or good advice in some cases. And uh, I also grew up listening to Tony Robbins and Les Brown and Tom Hopkins and and my dad. Like, it's so funny because my dad literally made us listen to those on our (laughs) vacations. Like, that's what we listened to in the car. You can imagine how excited we were as kids.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. But, you know, it's a common trait. You know, it's a common trait. That I find with people who are successful is at an early age, many of them were—I'll I'll use the word forced—you know—they were there to listen, you know—to to, to these kinds of tapes. And you know, you just brought up this 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 great word. You talked about opinion, you know. And we have to be so careful who we spend our time with, and it doesn't matter what we do. And I just want to say two things about that. You know, the first is. Um, It doesn't matter where you are in your life. You know, you are no more, no less than the average of the five people you spend your time with. And and the easiest, the simplest way for this idea to, to really connect is this. If I were to ask you to make a list, like write down a list of the five people that you spend the most time with. And next to each one of their names, write down what you think they earn. Then add that up and divide by five. And that is exactly what you earn. It is crazy. It doesn't care if there's, it doesn't matter if I got a 1,000 people in the room, plus or minus 5%, that's where you land. And here's the thing, you can apply that to any area of your life. People who are fit hang around fit people. People who have a great attitude hang around people that have a great attitude. People who are successful in business hang around those types of people. So what's important here? What's important is this, is that, the difference between where you are now and where you want to be may be as simple as looking at the last five numbers you dialed on your cell phone. The other thing you need to remember is this. <clears throat> Whenever there's something that you're wrong, you want or you're recovering from a traumatic tra- brain injury, right, or you're trying to turn yourself around from an accident, people will have opinions, right? You have to be careful to listen to counsel versus opinion. It's a really important concept, you see, because an opinion can come from somebody who loves you, they want to do the best for you, they want to offer everything they have, they want to serve you, right? But an opinion comes from somebody who hasn't walked in, in the shoes that you want to walk in. They haven't done exactly what it is that you want to do or treated exactly what it is you want. So they just give you a guess. It's their best, Versus counsel. Counsel comes from people that have walked in your exact shoes, that have worked with people exactly like you to produce the the results that you want. So make sure that you're always seeking counsel versus opinion when you need to make an important decision. Huh.
1: That's a super brilliant distinction that I've never really heard, but it's absolutely true. I'm curious, when you're talking about, you know, your income is the average of the five people you're around. So say you're stuck right now. You're, you're a person at home. You're stuck. Most of your friends are struggling as well. How do you recommend somebody authentically start to find other people who will help lift them up without completely just shallowly ignoring their friends, if that makes sense.
2: Sure, sure, sure. So uh, there's a couple ways to do it. One is you have to be clear on what you do want, right? So you may feel like you're stuck, but uh, if you focus on stuck, you'll stay in stuck. You'll attract stuck energy. You'll attract stuck people around you. So what we need to do is first of all, shift our focus and we shift our focus to what it is that we want. And then once we know what it is that we want, then we can back out of it. And we focus on that thing that we want. The next thing that we do is we ask ourselves, what kind of people are getting or creating that type of thing that I want? And um, and once once we have that, it's magical because then we can look for people, we can look for groups, we can look for organizations, whether they're online or offline, right, where those people congregate. And the next thing is to ask yourself, how can you add value to people within those groups and within those communities? what can you do to add value to them in order to get more of their time, more of their mind share, in order to study, you know under or with them in order to get hired by them? So I think that that's that's really important. Um, and and then it, it, it's all about what you consume. So you know one of the five people that I listen to, the most these days is a guy named Dave Meltzer. And because I spend so much time um, each day where I blocked out time to listen to him, he's actually one of my Fab Five. I'm not necessarily with him or talking to him, but look, it's all about what ideas you're allowing into your mind and into your body and into your cells, right? Into your spirit. And so even if you're not with a person physically, Pick up their books, watch their videos, listen to their tapes, you know, all that kind of stuff. We have access to e- everything that you need is inside of you now or it's within your reach. And that's what's amazing about the world that we live in today. That's what's amazing about technology. So if you feel stuck, the best way to get unstuck is number one, create a clear vision of where you want to go. Number two, create a clear vision of who it is that's getting that result. Number three, figure out where they are and You know, position is power. Get yourself around those kind of people. Number four, figure out how you can add value to those people to get them to pay more attention to you. And number five, block in times of the day where you are learning and spending your time filling your mind with ideas that will help bring you closer to where it is that you want to go.
1: You know, I... I really love that you're saying this in this way. Um, Just so you know, we have two minutes till break. And I quickly wanted to share... Um, And a live example of this that doesn't relate to business that might help people in those minute. But basically, long story short, as you know, I have a little foster daughter who I call Jellybean. And I did a ton of research and called everybody I knew in the foster circle. And I got a miracle baby. Like, I kid you not. And the reason I got the miracle baby was because I talked to 50 people who um you know, had done this before and I wanted to know the scenario of the cases where she was taken back, the cases where she wasn't taken back. And I aligned with an organization that's helping people get babies and accidentally got to a senior social worker who I was asking so many questions of. She's like, I can tell you can advocate for, you're going to advocate for a child and wound up giving me the perfect baby the second that she got in the system. And I think it speaks to exactly what Scott just said, that, you know, I was aligning myself with people who had success and then setting myself up. Now, granted, my baby could still be taken away, but I mitigated the risk and thus I'm, quote, lucky. So I think that's you can see how this could work in any example, Um, We have to go to break right now. But when we come back, we're going to hear a lot more about Scott's book, Breakthrough, because I'm dying uh, to hear the insights on that. Stay tuned, everyone.
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business and more on demand 24-7.
4: Channel. channel.
0: Are listening to Have It All with Devin Alexander. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com. Now, back to Have It All. Hey, everyone. I'm
1: back with the Absolutely brilliant entrepreneur, Scott Duffy, who's founded multiple companies, worked with Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, and uh, has overcome a lot himself. Um, Scott was just telling us how who you are is a sum of the people you surround yourself with. So if right now you're in a place where you're not where you want to be, look around yourself and see how you can expand your circles to start really attracting and circulating where you do want to be um and you know really believe in your dreams because I think that's part of it right Scott like people you know think that they're not lucky or they have all these preconceived notions that they don't get rid of um
2: yeah, that's true. That's true. And um, I think, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing is more important than the people that you surround your, your yourself with. And the quickest way to change the results in your life is to change the people that you spend your time with. And um, I mean, it really just keeps coming back to this one thing, people, 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 you know, yeah. um, and, and if you're in a situation where, you know, you're saying, well, I'm not around the right people, or I don't have those people in proximity to me, then Get online and, you know, just right, first vision what you want and the kind of people that, that, that are achieving those where they are, kind of who you need to be in order to do that. And then find those people online, find those people in local groups and spend your time there. It's amazing how quickly things change when you change the people you spend your time with.
1: It is, and I love that you told your story about Tony Robbins, because I didn't think it was going to be... I mean, I think it's risk-taking, right? I know you talk about that a lot, but... You know, for you to be like, I want an internship with Tony Robbins and to land a job, like that. T- I mean, you must have had confidence walking in there and just decided you were going for it.
2: So here's the thing: I had absolutely no confidence at all. Oh, I had <laughs> none. I had no confidence, <laughs> right? But but it was something that I really wanted to do, and 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 I didn't know, you know, if 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 he or somebody to work with it them would would pick up the phone would you know, answered, we had no email back then, would answer my mail, would see my resume. So I had to get scrappy because, you know, here's the thing in life. It's so competitive today, you know, that we need to do things to stand out from the competition and position ourselves. And that's what I did back then. What I did is I got, (laughs) I got this, this box, right? And It was a tall cardboard box. Now, Tony, he's a big guy. He's like six, seven. So I got this big, tall cardboard box. And I filled it halfway with packing material. And then, in the um in the the center of the box, on top of the packing material, what I did is I put my resume in the middle, and I put, and I have like no resume, right? I'm a college kid. And, I <laughs> in the and then I put um, I put his book cover, I put one of his tapes i from this magazine i saw a picture of his wife i put a picture of his wife he would call this neuroassociative conditioning i did this so i put all these things around my resume and then i packed the rest of it and then on the inside at the very top when you open the box it said i i I printed something out said i still have it to this day how can robin's research benefit with scott duffy as a member of its team I mean, in the box is like five feet high and I sent it to because I figured like this guy's going to have to like get in there and dig out in order to get to my thing. Right. Maybe he'll have fun and engage with it. And so um, what I did is um, I (laughs) I had a friend take it up and I said, here's the thing. If he doesn't personally take it or sign for it, bring it back and we'll try it tomorrow. Yeah. So it turns out he left it and he left it with the person who ran this company. And instead of, you know, offering whatever, he, it, it turned into something else. It's like, um, if I could share another story, you know, when I, when I was a young guy, you know, I, when I left the training business, um, I wanted to get into technology. And um, the problem was, um, I didn't know anybody in the business and that was a real problem, right? There are many people that are listening that want to do something and they say, well, I don't know anybody in this space. And they're going to use that as an excuse, right? You yeah. know, I, I, Here's the thing. The only thing keeping us from where we are today and where we want to go is the bullshit stories we've created for ourselves about why we can't have it. All the resources that you need today are available. All the people, all the mentors are the programs, just like yours, Devin, that are available to help people. It's all about making a decision. Right. And so when I was a young guy, um, I had a really important decision to make Um, after I left the training business. You know, I kind of just burned out on it. So I had it was a really intense job I had. I was it was was a lot of work and I decided I want to do something else. The problem was I couldn't figure out like what it is I wanted to do. I felt totally stuck. And so I got a job working in my early 20s at a bar in santa monica called chillers it's on the third street promenade and um one day uh, a friend of mine called me and it happened to be the same guy that gave me that first motivational tape his name is mike and so mike calls me and he says he goes hey scott he said what are you up to and i said nothing and he said <laughs> well you and then we're gonna start a business and i said well, what kind of business are we gonna start and he said what does it matter? Like mean, you said, you're up to nothing. So what? <laughs> <it matter? laughs> so here's the thing for perspective: the internet first became commercial in October of 1994, and what that means is, what that means is, um, uh, Mark Andreessen in Chicago created the first graphical web browser. Which means, for the first time, you could see pictures on the internet, and we could go and we could like cruise around it like we do today. So two months later in December, my buddy and I decided to start an internet company. And it was a complete and total disaster. <laughs> like, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Every possible thing that could go wrong went wrong. But here's what happened. I was in there early. And I got exposed to some people up in San Francisco. They were at Stanford working on a project that became Yahoo. Or some people that were at Carnegie Mellon working on a project that became Alta Vista. And I got a peek at some really amazing stuff. And I said to myself, I want to do that. But I didn't know anybody that was doing that. And then I asked myself, where is all this stuff happening? And it was in the Bay Area. And I was like, well, then I got to position myself because in life we have to position ourselves, right? We got to put ourselves where the action is happening, whether it's geographically, whether it's in the right communities online, whether it's in the right groups locally that are getting together, you know, around your business or industry, I got to position myself. So I went on what I call the couch tour. And the couch tour (laughs) is when you take your tips on the nights that you're not working at Chiller's, and you get in the car, and you drive to San Francisco, and you hop on all your friends' couches and try and find a job. Mm. So about six months in.
1: Six this, months?
2: Yeah, six months into this back and forth.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And um, I, I, I ran out of one day. <laughs> my friends got tired of me. And one day, one night, I ran out of the couches. And at that point, it felt like the worst day of my life. I I was in Foster City. I was sleeping in a dirt parking lot in my car across from a place called Oracle. And I got a call from somebody. And I had a cell phone then. And they said, what are you doing? They said, everyone has a plan for you. And we don't get what it is that you're up to. And so I had to make a decision because that person said, what you need to do if you're responsible is turn on your car right now and come home. Hmm. And the question is, how many times in your life have you been in a position where you had to make a decision? And that decision was going to take you in one of two completely different directions. Yes. Well, the decision I made was to turn on my car and go home. Uh I got home at 5 o'clock in the morning. But here's what I did. I went into my room. I shared an apartment with my sister. I went into my room. I took everything I could and I put it in my car. And I went down to a pawn shop down in uh, Santa Monica and I was there when it opened and I pawned everything that I had. I pawned a high, my high school ring. I pawned a bracelet that a girl had given me in high school that I was dating. I pawned um, I pawned a Rolex watch I bought when I worked for Tony Robbins. The only thing they wouldn't take is they wouldn't take my filing cabinet and my baseball. My <laughs> basketball. Uh-huh. And I remember it to this day because it hurt so much. Huh. And The question is then what I do. So I I took the money that I owed people in L.A. so no one could be on my back and say I was doing the wrong thing. And that same freaking day, I drove back to San Francisco. I had 200 bucks. And the question I have for you is, what do you do when you're down to your last 200 bucks? And the answer for me is simple. You buy pizza. Ah. And so what I did is I went to a Domino's Pizza. And I don't know if they're the same way today, but back then... They had these places you could go in, and I went and talked to a manager, and I said, look, I said, I I, I really need a job, and I want to try something. If you give me a discount on your pizzas, I'll clean up for you when your shift is over, or I'll do whatever you want. So I got these pizzas. I got them cheap. And I took my resume, and I took it, and I like smashed it into each pizza's cheese as much as I could. And I delivered it to the places, and there weren't many at that time. I mean, the internet was places that I wanted to work. Because I figured if somebody was hungry, that they would not only open the pizza box, but they would have to pull my resume out of the cheese so they would have to see me. (laughs) And guess what?
1: You got a job.
2: Yeah. a, A guy named Bill Pack, the father of internet advertising, created, sold the first banner ads, keyword advertising. He calls me. And he says, hey, Scott, he was laughing, and he goes, look, I don't know if I have a job for you, but I promise if I don't, I'll help you to find one. And it changed my life. And I think that here's the thing that I've learned is that in life, um, if there's something that we want to do, we need to go out and take a risk. It doesn't have to be a big risk, right? We don't have to put everything on the line, right? But we have to do something that makes us stand out, and that could be in the form of service, Right. Asking somebody that we want to work for or that we want to engage in their network, asking them, you know, how can I serve you? What do you need? Like, what do I have? Let me tell you a little bit about myself. What do I do that like, can contribute to what it is that you're trying to do? How, you know, come from a place of service, you know, and, and I think that, that that's what I've learned is the importance and the power of positioning ourselves in order to get what it is that we want.
1: I I seriously could not agree with you more. When I was in college, I wanted to come out to Hollywood, um, and I wrote a script between a pencil and a piece of paper. About, and this was before, you know, I'm a little older, and this is before the Internet. I don't, you probably didn't, I think we're about the same age, and I don't think you had Internet in college either. I mean, well, we had the very basics of Internet. We didn't have email. So I wrote a a script between a pencil and a piece of paper, how they were so upset that I was going off to Hollywood. And I literally sent it to an alumni of one of the local colleges, um, who was a big, big Hollywood guy, and he literally offered me a job as a writer's assistant. Like, I was doing the same thing. I was trying to get an internship, and I was just like, I'm like, you know, we're so upset she's leaving, she's going to be huge in Hollywood. And he's like, this is the most creative submission I've ever gotten. If this show goes forward, you have a job. And um, I think it's funny, because I wish someone would do that applying for jobs for me, you know? (laughs) And I'm sure you, seriously, like... You get 500, like when you get a new thing, I put up a new thing for an assistant. I get 500 resumes and they're all the same. And, you know, you don't know if the people behind them are crazy or creative or somebody else wrote it or whatever. But like the one or two times in 17 years that I've had employees that I've got something like that, like that person is in the door immediately.
2: Exactly. I have something on my desk. It's actually right behind my desk right now. And it it's totally speaks to this point. When I was, at, when I was launching FoxSports.com, um, y- you can imagine in, the, in L.A., in the sports business, dot-coms you were know, it's, it's so hot at the time. Everybody wants to work for us, right? So it's the same yeah. thing. You get all those resumes just like you're talking mm-hmm. about, Devin. And, and they all look the same. Right, Every single one of them, they're on a piece of paper, in black, they all look the same. Uh-huh. And so, so somebody sent me a box, and it, it, it probably cost them, in total, $5, maybe 10 They sent me a box, and it had a, a chalkboard in it. And it was it, on the top it said, so-and-so's uh, chalk talk for why you should hire me to do whatever the job was. And then it was marked with X's and O's like a coach would draw up Uh for a team. And then it had a resume that was attached to it. And the resume had nothing to do with her work experience. The resume was her resume as a sports fan. Oh, so wow. there was a picture of her as a baby in like a Dodgers little thing, <laughs> all the way up to the time that she was at the last one. She was a cheerleader for Washington State University. It was amazing, and and, and it was nothing different. Like it, it's her wearing a you know the baseball cap of a team, but but the point is, um, she stood out. And it costs next to nothing. And that's what we got to do in life. And that's what I encourage everyone to do is to just stand out and be you. You know, there's already a, an Oprah out there. There's already a Jason Bourne out there. There's already a Devin and a Scott out there. Be you because you know what we want? Everyone wants you. We want salty. We want crusty. We want the cracks and crevices. Whatever makes you you, like that thing inside that, like that's what we want to know. And that's what I would encourage you to share.
1: And that's where everybody talks about passion. Um, Mm -hmm. On that note, we are going to go to break. um, And when we come back, we're going to get a little more on Scott's book, Breakthrough, so we can all have that big breakthrough we're looking for. Stay tuned, everyone.
4: channel.
0: are listening to have it all with devin alexander to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to fans at devinalexander.com now back to have it all welcome
1: back i'm here with the brilliant scott duffy who's talking about breakthroughs finding your passion and really standing out no matter what today um scott before we get to the end of the show because we're crazy close even though this is flown can you tell people how they can find more about you and uh listen and learn from you
2: Yes, yes. Please uh, please follow me because I would love to connect with you at Scott Duffy Media across all social channels. Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Duffy, D-U-F-F-Y Media. You can also uh, find me at ScottDuffy.com or... Um, For those of you who are fans of Entrepreneur Magazine, go to entrepreneur.com. I have a show um, that you'll find there uh, supported by Entrepreneur called Business and Burgers. I also write a weekly column. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum.
1: (laughs) I can't help it. (laughs) Yep. At the end of the day, I'm, uh, you know, I'm entrepreneur and I'm food. (laughs) And you just, you just hit them. Um, (laughs) So I will do that every time. Uh, So, yes, everybody, please go follow Scott because I've learned so much from him. Um, Scott, can you tell us if you, I mean, I think everybody's going to want to go read breakthroughs, but can you just give us a tiny synopsis of what they will find in there?
2: well so uh, this is just a really fun project for me I, you know i have you know since i was a really young guy um, working for tony robbins tried to understand you know what makes people do what they do and what separates people who are for the very best of the best in whatever the field from everybody else what is it that separates the number one quarterback in the nfl somebody like tom brady as an example from number two and and for the last three years and, and what i found by the way over the last you know, twenty five, thirty years is that those things change over time, right? People adjust, they adapt, those things change. And so for the last three years, I, I've been out there interviewing, you know, my friends and colleagues and things like that, everyone from you know a Damon John to a Gary Vaynerchuk to you know Sarah Sarah Blakely, who started Spanks to um, Nicole Arbor, who has nearly a billion video views uh, today talking about women and empowerment, just awesome stuff. And I'm always trying to figure out you know what it is, and it's simple. you know because what I found is in writing breakthrough is that you know top performers, uh, Is just one thing, this one thing that connects all of them. And it's this it is this incredible, fanatical, maniacal passion for learning. That's what they do. It's all about learning. And here's why it used to be that time moved relatively slowly, it moved linearly. And like if I had a business, I could literally look outside the window and I could see my competition. And the reason is the cost of being an entrepreneur. The cost to start up your own thing used to be so much money. It used to be so expensive. and there used to be so much risk involved, you know. But today, technology, you know, it's lowered the playing field. It's gotten rid of a lot of that risk and, and made it easier for people to jump in. And, and as a result, innovation happens at a much faster pace. So the pace of change in our lives is no longer linear; it's exponential. And these are what the top performers. In fact, if you take a look at the top ten jobs. The top 10 jobs that last year's graduating college class in the United States applied for, the top 10 jobs last year did not exist 10 years ago. Didn't exist 10 years ago. If you go back 100 years, you know, I'm 48 years old. 100 years ago, in in 1918, the average man in the United States lived to be 49. Uh, That's it. Freaks me out. Right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but just think, maybe that, maybe back then being good at one thing, maybe that was all that you needed because of life expectancy, right? Maybe that's all that you needed. But today, that that just that not going to work. And what I'm here today to tell you, what I learned when li- writing Breakthrough is this. Whatever you were amazing at, whatever you were great at, that one thing that made you you, that silver bullet that you could always go back to, that superhuman power that you had, that superhuman power of yours five years ago, is your baggage today. Mm. And that is what the top performers know. So there's this constant passion for learning. And what I've done in Breakthrough is I've taken my experiences and the stories and the experiences I've had with, with other top top leaders like a Tony Robbins or a Richard Branson or, you know, I mentioned some of them before and, and really created a step-by-step guide for how to take your idea to market. And then once it's there, how do we grow it, scale it, and position it for sale? And that's what we've done. And and, and the the tools that we share, they're not ap- academic. They're simply what the best of the best are doing right now to achieve the results that you're looking for.
4: Mm.
1: I'm sure everybody here is is admiring you as much as I do. And I think it's kind of funny that you mention Sarah Bleakley because she's one of my favorite who ever talks about failures. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, Sarah, who, as Scott said, founded Spanx and is actually was part of a same entrepreneur organization that both Scott and I were. Mm-hmm. Um, she constantly talks about how her dad made her list her failures every day. Mm -hmm. And I think all entrepreneurs agree with that. So, Scott, can you uh, tell us about something that completely went sideways in your world at some point? Oh, Just so dude. we know, I mean, obviously, you said you couch surf, so that definitely we got some vulnerability there. But but we want to hear what really went sideways.
2: Oh man, I could tell you so many stories. So, <laughs> and here's the thing that's that's great is that I find that the people who are the most successful at whatever it is that they've done have usually had the biggest. Trials and tribulations right out there they've gone through because what they've had to do is they've had to take all these experiences and learn from them in order to build themselves into the kind of people that have the capacity to do what it was they want to do or excel in the way that they're excelling today they all have a story. And it's funny because if you sit in a room of people um, that they're achieving great success, it's like, it's like a therapy session, right? It's like one story is as is, is tough as the next. And so um, I would say that with, with my experience, you know, it's funny because when you line up all of the big brands that I've worked with, sometimes I think, you know, I look at it and I laugh at it on paper because it looks so easy, right? When you put those together. But in the middle freaking disasters from time to time, right? And I would say that the biggest biggest, is this. I was laughing about this the other day. So, you know, I was a guy that in the tech business, had done extremely well financially, personally, professionally, all that stuff. When in 2006, I started a company, I ended up uh, selling the majority to Richard Branson, and I stayed in it. So we were both owners and partners, uh, me and the Virgin Group in this business. And... Um, as we went into 2008, and we were uh, about to launch the company, uh, we launched in March of in 2008 as a Virgin-branded company. Something happened I had no control over, and that was oil. So my company was like Expedia, but for private aviation for private jets. So when you're talking about an aviation or a, a you know a business with planes, oil fuel prices play a big part in the economics of your business. Anyway, what happened was oil prices went from uh 70 bucks to $140 in a matter of weeks that had never happened. The average flyer of mine who went from LA to New York went from paying 38,000 to almost $90,000 for that flight one way. Oh wow. So you can imagine how the market disappeared. And in a matter of weeks, what seemed to be the most amazing experience that I was entering of my life ended up being a nightmare. And I went from what I felt like was having it all to losing it all and ending up about $400,000 in debt. And the whole thing happened in less than nine months. Oh, and during that time, I had our first baby and pregnant with the second. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So what did I do? So I basically did what every good entrepreneur would do, which is curl up in the fetal position (laughs) (laughs) and hide in the corner. And I did it for months. I I couldn't get out of bed. And then one day I got a call and the call was from a, a guy that I'd known for years and he calls me and he says, Hey, Scott, he said, um, he said, I hear you're a free agent these days and you're ready to go run something again. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, "I've got a job for you." He said, "I have a new company. You're going to run it." He said, "Come to lunch today. We're going to get the deal done. You start tomorrow." And I'm like, "I'm like, what is it?" He goes, "What does it matter, right? You're not working." <laughs> so I'm like high fiving at home. I like, I'm so excited. I go to this this lunch and I sit down with them. <laughs> sit down with them. And he goes, "I go. So what am I going to run?" And he goes. Uh, you know what? I've been thinking about it since we talked. I'm, I'm not going to have you run the company. I go, so what am I going to do? And he said, well, I want you to sell. I said, okay. I said, know, I just ran a company for Virgin for Richard Branson and I've done some other things so like maybe I could also offer some other things but I'll sell if that's what you want me to do. I go, I'm just curious, what am I going to sell? He said, well, I just bought a research laboratory and my laboratory specializes In processing urine. And he said, so what we do is we go to all of the top, we go to all the doctor's offices here in Southern California, and we try and win their urine business. So a patient leaves like (laughs) get the business, we spin it up, we give a report back to the doctor, and the doctor tells the patient how they're doing. So he said, I have a vision for you. Check this shit out. He says, I have a vision for you. (laughs) He said, my vision is over the next 12 months, you're going to call on every doctor's office in Southern California, and you're going to win their pee business. He said, in fact, in one year, my vision for you is you're going to be the king of pee. And Uh that was my first job offer after building a company for a business like Virgin and Rachel <laughs> <Virgin. laughs>
1: so, oh, And um, I take it you declined this one?
2: So here's what I did. I not only declined it, I was really pissed off. And, <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, that's where the beauty is. Right? That's where the lesson is. Because I was really mad at him. I was really mad at Virgin, I was really mad at the economy. I was really mad at everything, and they didn't point a finger at me. And I had a long time where I was really trying to basically redefine, reestablish, reignite myself in my career, reposition myself in this struggle. The more I struggled, struggled, the more angry I got. The more confused I got. The more frustrated I got. And then, you know, and I hired coaches, I hired people that were amazing at what they did. And they would all say, dude, you're doing all the right things in your business. And so I didn't understand it. Till one day, I talked to one of my, my dearest friends and a mentor of mine, David Meltzer. And he said, he said, Scott, he said, you know what the problem is here? We're going to stop focusing on your business. And we're going to start focusing on your head. Mm-hmm. And that's what changed my life. It was four things. The first is this. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You have to take full accountability for all of it. You just have to do it. You got to be accountable. Number two, you have to forgive yourself for it. And for me, that may have been the hardest part. Uh. Number three, you've got to search for the lesson, all the beauty, all the gifts that are built in there. You got to find the lesson. And number four, you've got to be grateful for it. And that sounds really hard at the beginning, but it's the most amazing part at the end. When I say being grateful, it's not saying thank you. What I mean is being grateful is really in your gut, in your nervous system, and everything that makes you who you are. You have to have gratitude about what you thought was, was sucked, basically. And when you find that, there's a shift that takes place. In fact, if you want your life to change, here's what I would challenge you to do. And I really mean this. Focus on gratitude because gratitude changes everything. It gets you to shift your perspective and focus on what you have versus what you don't have. And so if you only did this, if you only once a day in the morning set an alarm on your phone, and when that phone goes off and the the sound of that, that alarm is your favorite song, what happens is you just say three things that you're grateful for in the moment. And you do it for 30 days. Watch the way your life will change. You will not believe it. It's unbelievable. I have a thing where my kids, so I have two gratitude alarms that are set every day, one in the morning and one at night, and it's got a unique ringtone. Every time my kids hear that, for years, every single day, everyone shouts, thank you, in the house, ah. and in the car, wherever, and they say three things they're grateful for in that moment
1: that's awesome what time is the alarm
2: 7 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock at night I love
4: it
1: well yep. on this note this is such important stuff I want we have to end in a minute so I would love for everyone to go and set their alarm while Scott tells us one more time how we can get in touch with you or how we can find you learn more about you etc
2: awesome please follow me on social media at Scott Duffy Media uh, you can visit my website at Scott Duffy com um Uh, Or purchase my book, Breakthrough. It's available at Amazon.com or your favorite retailer.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. I can't believe um, this hour has gone so quickly. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to be with us. You're the best.
2: So great to be here. You know I love you. Have an amazing day.
1: You too. Bye, everyone. See you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Have It All. Be sure to join Devin Alexander for another great show next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Until we talk again, have a fit and fun week.